Morning, good morning, good morning. I said it backwards, but it still sounds like good morning when you say morning good real fast multiple times. Um, I am so happy to have you here. This is Back from the Brink. I am Todd Brinker. Aaron will be joining us momentarily. It is November 3rd. It is a Tuesday. It is Election Day 2020. And given the complete shit show that 2020 has been thus far, I see no reason no reason at all that today won't continue that trend. Um, it has been a very argumentative and impassioned election season on both sides, and we will see what happens, what becomes of that. Uh, I am hoping for love and peace and joy and all the hippy-dippy thoughts that uh, can go out towards people and mankind and, you know, hug a neighbor type of thing. I have very little faith that that will actually happen. I have very little faith that that the winners and losers will say, okay, that was a good election, well fought, congratulations on your win, uh, whomever it is, and, and move on. Um, I suspect that we will continue the, continue the political rancor. Um, the new, su- supposed news agencies will continue to, to attack and, uh, and threaten each other and... Um, and it will be ugly, and uh, that's unfortunate. That's my assumption as to what's going to happen. Um, of course, what really happens, who knows? Time will tell. Uh, you know, 8 o'clock Pacific time is when the last polls close here on the continental United States. Um, Hawaii closes somewhat later. I think so does Alaska, but um, they are both um, very small represent a very small number of electors and I don't think they're going to sway it one day, one way or another. Um, I don't think it'll be that close, but you never know. You never know. Um, I years ago, uh, worked for a newspaper and used to have to go to the registrar of voters office to make sure that we were communicating information back clearly. And literally we were sending, we had a wire that sent information to a teletype sitting in the news office and I would test that early in the day and make sure everything worked and that we were online with them. Uh, nowadays, it's all just posted on the Internet. Uh, my brother has run for, for local office before, so I have used to sitting and watching the registrar of voters vote count pages slowly tick up, showing how many more um, uh, votes different people got as they go through certain chunks of the ballots and they try to update you know, every so often in the evening and you can see if somebody's in a close race or if somebody's running away with it. So we'll be able to see what's going on with your county. You could do that in all the counties across the country if you wanted to um, for people who are, uh, you know, worried about some of those, um, uh, the supposed, uh, you know, tight states that could flip the election one way or the other. They're talking about Pennsylvania being that way. You could sit and watch the votes coming in for the the counties for, uh, uh, like, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, uh, most of the population of the state sits at either end of the state, east and west, in those two big cities, but there's lots of uh, places in between, and you can kind of figure out what's going on and who's there. It's, uh, it's um, you know, a- an interesting um, thing to watch, but unlike sports, uh, we're stuck with it for four years uh, for the president and and you know, at least two years for chunks of the Senate and all of the House. So, you know, it, the impact of the election um, has a longer lasting 
bad feelings than when your team, you know, plays bad, as my Packers did this past week and got beat by the the hated Minnesota Vikings. I can't believe we lost to a one in five team. Oh my gosh, those guys did not deserve to win. Uh, we got a really bad call. We didn't play very well, but it was a home game in, you know, in, in uh, you know, um, you know, the the in Green Bay and in and there's just no reason for you know a, a 5 and 1 team to lose to a 1 and 5 team other than they're in our division and you can't take those teams for granted and uh, and so you know uh, in his after the game interview Aaron Rodgers repeatedly said that was a weird game things happened weird the way that it uh, pl- um, played out but you know you got to win the weird ones you got to win the weird ones so uh Packers play San Francisco on Thursday, and, uh, you know, maybe that'll make me feel better if we can beat them. They kept us out of the Super Bowl last year, so it'd be nice if we can go back and beat them. Both teams have some notable injuries. Uh, George Kittle is the uh, tight end for the San Francisco 49ers, one of the best in the league, and he broke a bone in his foot and is out eight weeks. Um, he's also my tight end on my fantasy team, which hurts. Um, and so... Uh, but yay, that means that they're a little weaker and the Packers might uh, have a better chance of beating them. But the Packers also have weaknesses. They've got people who are hurting. And so we do what we have to. We get by and we figure it out. Um, so uh, anyway, election happens today. If you haven't voted, then get out and vote. Um, even if you have COVID, you can go to your election uh, place. The CDC is saying, you know, make sure that you're wearing a mask and, and uh, gloves if you got them. And when you get there, announce to the um, uh, election officials that you have symptoms or have been tested positive for COVID. They uh, each site is supposed to have uh, some some um, uh, plans in place for dealing with people who are are tested positive but that's not a reason to not vote you should still get out and vote we're expecting uh you know record turnouts everywhere and we'll see what happens we will see what happens um you know at the top of the ballot you can vote for joseph r biden donald j trump gloria lariva uh, uh, rock roque rocky de la fuente guerrera howie hawkins joe jorgensen those are the people that are on the ballot in california uh, that would be the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, the, uh, I don't know what the PF Party is, um, the American Independent Party, the Green Party, and the Libertarian Party. The PF, what are the PFs? That's Gloria La Riva. Uh, Peace and Freedom. Peace and Freedom Party. So, um, yeah, get out and vote. Get out and have your, your say as to what's going on. Um, I know some people get frustrated when they say, well, I'm from a state that always goes this way. So if I vote, it doesn't really matter whether I vote that way or the other way because, you know, the state's going to go this way. So my vote doesn't really count. You know, um, your vote does count. You can be a voice for your opinion. And there are lots of other things on the ticket. It's not just president and vice president. There's lots of uh, other local elections and state elections and you can have a voice in who gets what and where and and how your state is run and how your city and your county is run how your school board is run your water district is run Um, and in california we've got all kinds of ballot measures as well and so um you know votes on ballot measures sometimes win by just a few hundred votes and so uh you know get out and vote you know share your opinions 
Um, take a moment to read the voter registration guide. You can find them online so at least you know what you're voting for and have an idea of what you want to do. Um, don't just vote party lines because you don't know what else to do. Educate yourself. If you want to vote party lines, that's fine. Do what you want to do. But educate yourself. Understand uh, what it is that you're voting for and, and what the impacts may or may not be. Um, and the voter guides will explain that to you in as plain English as possible. And so, um, you know, figure it out, figure it out, get out and vote, 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 vote. So I was reading a Rolling Stone article the other day, and Bernie Taupin um, has uh, said that he has written some additional lyrics and sent them on to Elton John. So, you know, Elton John was supposed to be doing his Goodbye Yellow Brick Road tour and retiring from touring, and he said that he still wants to do that. So hopefully next summer he'll be able to do that uh, if we get a handle on COVID, but that's been put on hold. In the meantime, Taupin has sent him some, uh, some lyrics uh, for another album. He, and he said, you know, just because he's not touring doesn't mean that, you know, we intend to shut it down and that, you know, they talk and they they don't live together and they don't work together directly. They, they have always had a, a situation where Toppin writes lyrics, he sends the lyrics to Elton John, and then Elton John sends the, sets the lyrics to music. That's the way they work. Um, they've worked that way from the very beginning, you know. So one works in one Originally, it's like one would go to one room and write the lyrics, and then he'd come back and hand it to, you know, Toppin would hand it to uh, to, to Elton John, Elton John would then set it to music. And they originally hired um, to write music for other artists in the Dick James catalog of artists. Uh, and, and so they were a, a songwriting team, uh, sort of like the Brill Building here in the United States. And uh, then eventually they sort of found their voice and Elton started singing the songs. And they decided that's the way to go because he could sing and... Uh, and Bertie Taupin, so so, you know, he he's released an album, but he's you know it didn't go very far. He's he's not quite the same vocal talent that Elton John is, um, and Elton John's not the same vocal talent he used to be. His voice, uh, he he injured his vocal cords, and he sings in a lower register now, and he's not quite the same. But um, but I've seen him in concert multiple times, and uh, still super talented guy. And if you love his music, if you love their music, um, there will be some more of it coming. Um, you know, a lot of, I think, artists during COVID time are finding this a good time to sit down and write new stuff and to make that available for people. And then additionally, um, uh, they're working on a, a jewel box package of CDs that's sort of a retrospective. And so um, Toppin talks about the fact that, you know, they've been sending him songs and recordings and some of them he remembers some he doesn't actually remember writing and some of them early on especially when they were working uh for dick james music some of it was they would write a song and then somebody else would go in and make modifications on it so it would actually be the two of them plus a third person or a fourth person sometimes would be more than one person touching a song in its creation process most of those were songs that they didn't record they were writing for other artists at that time in their life this was the late 60s and uh, it wasn't until, I think, 69 that Elton John released his first album. Um, and uh, that was all, you know, top and Elton John uh, uh, stuff. And so, um, anyhow, um, I find it interesting. Uh, I like the history of things and how things came to be. And, uh, and I like that uh, artists that have talent are still working, you know, that they, they stay with it. Uh, you hope that they don't get in a rut of, you know, using the same sort of sounds over and over so that it always sounds the same. You want them to do something new and creative, but at the same time, you want them to do things that are similar 
right? That, that if they've had hits, you don't want them to go off and, you know, do a hit in, in uh, you know, if they accidentally had a hit or if they turned out having a hit in the disco era, you don't want them to stay in the disco era forever. You know, you want them to try new things. And so, um, you know, we wish them their best, and uh, hopefully we will hear from uh, Elton John in the not-too-distant future with the new album that, uh, that uh, you know, that he's put together with some of Bernie Taupin's lyrics because uh, they're one of the best songwriting duos ever, you know. I mean, they're right up there with uh, Lennon-McCartney. Um, you know, I think they, they, the, the music they created has touched a lot of people, and I would like them to continue to do that. Um, you know, uh, up until they're gone, I'd like to hear new music from from them as a duo, and hopefully, it will be interesting and exciting music. Time will tell, much like everything else, right? You just wait and see what happens in the world, and it goes out there. So, um, one hour ago, this apparently broke. Uh, well, I guess it, BBC had it before that; they had it almost like a day ago. But uh, Vlad- Vladimir Morugov. Uh, was murdered. He is the Russian sausage king. He was killed in a sauna with a crossbow. Sounds like something from the, the movie Clue, doesn't it? Or from the game board Clue? I'll kill the Russian in a sauna with a crossbow. Um, not to make light of somebody's death, but um, uh, several masked men entered the their home, tied up he and his wife, and demanded they give up money they believe was kept in the home. Somehow the wife managed to get free and alert police who discovered uh, his body when they got there on the scene. Uh, The uh, crossbow was left behind. So here's Erin. Let's get her in there so I can talk on something other than crossbow deaths. Hello, Erin. Hi. Sorry I'm late today. I had to put gas in my car. Yeah, well, it's better than sitting on the side of the road going, um, so I ran out of gas and the show's going to go long because i got nothing else to do while I wait for AAA. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I have an older car that otherwise works just fine, um, but it it goes from, uh, like, you think you have, um, you know, at least I have two bars left. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, the, the yellow light comes on, and I'm at zero bars. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your car's not as old as mine because you have bars. I've got a little needle that swings around. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I dream of bars. My cars are all, I mean, my newest car is more than a decade old. Let's put it that way for the world wow. out there. Yeah. And the car, my daily driver car is two decades old. Uh, so yes, I, I, I roll with the oldies. And, and here's the thing. It makes perfect sense because, you know, the car's paid for, it runs just fine. Yeah. It's not that ag- attractive anymore, but you know, it, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going anywhere right now. And so, right. you know, we've thought I want a new car. I want it. We've looked at new cars. We've really thought about it. And during this time of COVID where mostly it's sitting in the driveway, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why would you upgrade or buy a car right now? And I feel bad for car salespeople because there's probably a lot of people making those same calculations and going like, "Well, now's not the time to get a car. I'm not using the car. A new car would yes. be just sitting there unless I, you know, get bored and go for drives." Um, yes. Yeah. And my then two. That, then we do that in our newer car. So my car right. is an '08, and Tobin's car is a. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say. 16 or 15 something like that yeah somewhere in there my newest car is also an 08 um and uh, my 20 year old plus car is a uh old ford ranger and i have 
rebuilt the transmission and rebuilt the motor and replaced virtually every part on it, I think. Uh, and so it is, um, you know, it's in, and it's all in good running order. It's, it's a handy car to have. It's good to have a little truck and, and I like it. And so, uh, I just fixed it up. Now the upholstery on the driver's seat's kind of starting to get a little tattered, so I may have to reupholster a seat, but I plan to keep driving that for a long time. So you know uh, that used to be what people did, right? I yeah. mean you had you had equipment, you fixed it. You didn't trade it in for a newer model. In the last I would say thirty years in the US that has changed, right? Where yeah. people I've got to have the newest and the biggest and the best and the this and the that and yeah. you know when you know, I was I, getting the work done on my truck, the mechanic talked about the new, uh, some of the new Toyota four-cylinder engines. He said that they've created the tolerances so tight that the oil that they put into it, you know, we're used to using like a 5W20 or 5W30 type of oil, that they use like a 0W16. It's very, very thin oil because if you use the thick oil, the engine gums up because the tolerances are so tight. And that's how they're able to get the, the better mileage and stuff. But that also means that they're so tight you can't rebuild those engines at all. So it's a throwaway car. When the engine dies, you just have to toss it or put a new whole new engine in. Wow. So yeah, different sensibilities. But those super tight tolerances allow you to get, you know, better mileage and better control over what's happening in that engine. So Interesting. Yeah. We'll see how that plays Interesting. out in ten years, right? How many Toyota has that that uh that uh reputation for, you know, million mile engines and stuff. And um I wonder those tight tolerances if you know anything gets in there if your oil filter fails or anything or you know a little bit of gum gets in there it's going to mess up the engine more because there's less room for error and yeah uh, like if you're late getting that oil change woo! yeah yeah so you know we'll see in in 10 years how many of the 2020 uh you know four-cylinder engines are still around compared to you know prior engines and I say 2020. He said newer, so I don't even know when they started coming in with those. I, I, he implied that it was it's they've been around for a couple of years now. So, interesting. Uh, but it was interesting, interesting to hear it from a mechanic's take, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, and and you buy the thing about it is you know, um, I think that this cultural shift came when people started leasing cars, and leasing a yeah. car is basically you're you've got to rent a car for a certain number of years. Yeah. And. Um, you have to give that rent a car back, and if there's anything over what you said you would drive, you've got to pay for it, and it's an expensive way to have a car. It um, is. Yeah, just depends on how you use your car. I mean, it may make sense for some people, but I think that the um, the car agencies, the car companies, and the dealerships found that it was a very a lucrative way for them to to give people cars, and so they've pushed it on a lot of people who I don't think it makes sense for. Right. Yeah, so. I mean, it's because, you know, this car, you, you have a, if you have a car, you have a five years of payments, we'll say, or, mm-hmm. or six years of payments, whatever. I've, although I've seen seven years lately. But, wow. You know, well, you when know, cars are costing $70,000, you know. They are. Like... But if it drives for 15 years, then okay, then that was maybe not a bad investment. Cause, right. You know, for, for cars are a bad investment in general, but maybe that's not so bad. You know, if, it, if, uh-huh. if you're getting a quarter million miles on it, then okay, then it mm-hmm. makes sense. But if you're spending a fortune and handing it back and getting a new one and spending a fortune, you're never paid off. Yeah. Right. You're, yeah. You well, my 2008, I think uh, I, I bought it uh, with one year on it. Um, uh, and like 25,000 miles or something back in 2009. And I think it was a four year loan that we had on that. And so it was paid off like in 2013. So I've had seven years of, of car payment, free driving on that car, you know? Yeah. So, 
something to be said yeah. for that. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you then, you know, you drive cars that long, you have you have minor and then sometimes major repairs, right? Sometimes you have to rebuild an engine or or a transmission or swap it out, you know, for a new one or a gently used one or something like that. You know, I used to have a friend who owned a um, uh, salvage yard, and so you could get, you know, gently used parts uh, from from him as a source. And you can do that with anybody, you know, you don't have to have a friend there. Um, he's no longer with us, unfortunately, but a uh, great guy and uh, and uh, helped me out on more than one occasion with uh, fairly low-cost repairs that, uh, you know, kept cars that are very old going without spending a lot of money on them. So, you know, if you don't, if you're somebody who doesn't want to ever have to deal with that, then, then you know, maybe a leasing type thing makes sense. You just pay for it up front, right? You just, instead of paying right. to, to have that engine rebuilt that cost a couple thousand dollars or that transmission that cost a couple thousand dollars, you just build that into your monthly payment. So part yep. of your regular expenses. So breaking news, uh, the registrar of voters in San Bernardino still has zero votes counted, as does the Riverside County. Registrar yeah, voters. you know, nobody, in California, they're not going to start putting our, their election returns out until the polls close. Till the polls close, yeah. It's funny. The um, the here's the title of the page that has the the results on it, or will have the results on it for uh for Riverside County. Official semifinal election results, consolidated election, County of Riverside, November third, twenty twenty zero report. That's the title of the document and it's basically it's a pdf that they then you know update throughout the uh throughout the night uh it's it's weird how this stuff is done uh san Bernardino county has an actual web page um but they won't update it any more quickly um you know as the like when the election returns start coming in like you said after they close the polls at eight o'clock tonight there'll be an initial number and it'll sit there for 20 minutes or a half hour and then they'll put some more numbers in and 20 minutes or a half hour and you'll watch the how many the, the percentage of precincts the number of precincts slowly going up for each of these things and usually the news agencies as it gets to uh you know uh depending on how close the race is somewhere between 50 and 75 percent of the um of the uh precincts reporting they will call it one way or the other if it's a really close race then they'll say hey we can't you know no call on this one until we to get you know closer to 100 percent of the precincts reported but uh yeah, yeah. yeah my curiosity is go ahead they don't you don't you're not going to see election returns um in california until the polls close because election returns given early can impact voting that hasn't happened yet Right. So while the polls are open, they want to leave the playing field even, at least in California. They don't have any control over polls that have closed in other states. But so that's why you're not going to see them. Yeah. They just they just that's something they don't do. Yeah. And most states are that way. They don't they don't give you like a running count as they're counting them through the day as as votes come in, because for the most part, votes, you know, when the polls close is when whoever's running the poll picks up the ballot box and drives it to the registrar of voters and says, here's the votes. You know, so that's kind of yeah. how it works traditionally. And so, um, you know, they, it's not like they could give you direct updates throughout the day. They're not, you know, I, although I suppose if you've got a huge turnout and you fill the ballot box, you know, you put out an empty one and put the put the full one in the car and have somebody drive it because you don't want to just leave it sitting somewhere. No, um, but you maybe don't. you do. I don't know. I mean, maybe just keep it there no, on the floor no, so no, it's where no, everybody no. can see it. 
No, but you know what I mean. It's like they don't stick it in the closet and hope that it's okay, but they might leave it sitting right there on the floor. So the, and you know, put a piece of tape over oh, it, saying, "Okay, that's saying. a closed box," but it's right there where everybody can see it when you come to the ballot place. That there's those are the ballot boxes. You know what I mean? I gotcha. But they I might gotcha. not. They might not drive it to the registrar of voters immediately. So it's still they still take all their votes in later. You know, I mean, yeah. it's it's yeah. not like it's it's you know. We, we sometimes make it more complex than it has to be. I mean, it's 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 votes in a box. And when everybody's done voting, right. you put take the boxes to the place where they count it, and they count the votes. That, it's essentially that, a giant Scantron machine that reads all of the votes, yeah. like your high school bubble-in tests. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see what happens in uh, places like Pennsylvania, too, because, uh, you know, in California, all of those, um, those Scantrons that we use to vote, uh, if you mailed them in, they were taken and start. They would start processing them two weeks ago, meaning that yeah. they would verify that you know the signature matches the fi- signature on file with the DMV or when you registered to vote to make sure that you know those signatures look the same, and then they would open the envelope and take the vote sheets out and put them into a hopper that then would be uh, um, you know inserted into the voting machine and they would then auto feed them in and 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 count all the votes, um, but they would. Get everything ready in the hopper so that on, on election night, they could just take the hopper, stick it on the machine, go, chugoo, 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 and count all the votes. And I'm making those sound effects because, you know, that's how they sound. Um, <laughs> and, and, and they sound something like that because I've actually been there. But, um, uh, but that's essentially the process. Uh, in Pennsylvania, the way the laws are written, they're not allowed to do any of that until election day. So last night at 12.01, they could start verifying signatures and then opening envelopes and putting the, uh, the the stuff into the, the, you know, prepping them to go into the counting machines. Uh, and so it makes you, you know, wonder, like, if they had a lot of mail-in votes, and that's part of the concern is that Pennsylvania is considered one of the uh, key states this time around, and how many of their votes, are they going to be able to get them counted in a timely fashion because their laws don't allow them to start pr- changing things up early? And there was some talk about, trying to change the laws but you know you don't change laws in the months before an election you do it on off years because if you do it on the months before election then one side or the other is going to say nope nope you're just trying to cheat which they're justified in having some concerns there so um you know but i think it seemed to me it seems a little silly saying that hey we've got all these votes that came in via the mail and we can't even touch them yet you know when we when you know there's a lot of prep work that goes into getting them ready to go into the counting machine, we're not allowed to even like get them fed into the counting machine and ready uh, until the day of the election. So yep. it just seems like they're creating headaches for themselves. Uh, but this is also expected to be unprecedented in the number of people who are voting that way. So you know this year may be a it may be a turning point. We may vote that way more in the future, or it may be. Boy, what a mess that was. Maybe we'll just avoid that crap show and uh, and not ever do that again. I don't know. Well, yes. I, I imagine that there may be some laws changed um, in, in individual states and precincts um, after this election because, you know, I think because so. COVID changed everything. Right. Yeah, I think so. And I think, but that's the time to do it. You know, as much as it's a pain, you don't want to... You don't want if you make changes to elections in just about any way in the month or two prior to the election, it gives the appearance that you're you're you know changing the rules around to favor one side or the other. And by waiting until after, even though it's it's going to cause some trouble for them this year, uh, 
quite frankly, they should have thought of this in years past because this is the idea that you can't touch anything until the actual day of the election. I understand the nope, nope, nope. You don't deal with election stuff till the day of the election. Sounds great, except that when you've got tons of early voting, you know, if you've, if you've, yeah. uh, you know, if you're, and that seems to be more and more of a trend nationwide is early voting. Why does it have to happen on that specific day? Um, you know, I'm personally a fan of that being a national holiday too, so that you know it's like, okay, go vote now. Yeah, COVID that wouldn't have done much for us. But yeah, I, it I seems don't weird. Understand why it's not? It should yeah. be a national holiday. Yeah, it's like nope, you don't go to work today. What you do is you go to vote, and then the big long lines are no big deal, right? I mean, not that you want to stand in a big long line, but um, you know, the concept of hey, there's a big line, and now I, I can't can't wait because I've got to go to work. Is silly. It's like, nope, this is a civic duty. You should be standing in line if you have to. And hopefully you can get in and out quickly uh, and have your voice heard. But it should be a national holiday. Let's make it happen, Aaron. Come on. Let's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's make it happen. It only happens, I mean, we're talking about once every four years. So, you mm-hmm. know. And, and, you know, in those leap years, you get it, you're working an extra day anyway. So it comes out and watch. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. You're right. It's every four years. Leap years are every four years. So. That's right. Six of one, that half dozen day. of the other. Mwah. Yeah. So. Um, that, that extra day then is a, is a freebie. So speaking of freebies, Boston Market, in honor of its new late night menu, it's offering one free slider from 9 p.m. to close nationwide on Election Day. No purchase necessary. If, I don't even know where there is a Boston market around me anymore. They used to be like popping up all over the place. But uh, anyway, I, there used to be at least one in Ranch Cucamonga, but I I don't know if it's still there. Yeah, uh, DoorDash. DoorDash is giving a free delivery with a fifteen dollar minimum order on Election Day by using the promo code Vote. Right so on. yeah, Seven um, Eleven free delivery on orders of at least fifteen dollars. CPK, California Pizza Kitchen, $10 off on orders of at least $30. Krispy Kreme, all U.S. shops are giving out one free original glazed donut to all customers who have I Voted stickers. Available while supplies last. And don't worry, they'll make more fresh. Just watch the sign. Oh, yeah. you know, I, uh, I don't eat a lot of donuts. I'm not a huge donut fan because they're generally just too sweet for me. Mm-hmm. But the Krispy Kreme original glaze, it is very sweet, but it is very delicious. Yeah, and when it's fresh off the uh, off the grease, oh my gosh. <laughs> as, mm-hmm. as horrible as that sounds, it just literally, they melt. They just melt in your mouth. They're awesome. They do. They so do. So Mac- McDonald's is giving away for free its recently launched bakery items, including apple fritters, blueberry muffins, and cinnamon rolls. Uh, to receive the offer, you must purchase a any size McCafe premium roast coffee or iced coffee on the McDonald's app and select one of the three new bakery items. So, uh, uh-huh. all kinds of good. Uh, Wendy's you know is McDonald's giving away a free classic chicken sandwich. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I just I'm sorry. Uh, Wendy's is giving away a classic chicken sandwich uh, with any purchase. Um, you just have to download. Chicken? You have to download the, the Wendy's chicken. mobile. Well, that's because that's the popular one. So you have to get the classic chicken. That's the free one. <laughs> They always give away the thing that nobody wants, right? That's right. Yeah. Although I say Krispy Kreme, I definitely want that. Um, That's true. You know, the nearest one to me is Ontario. It's like 20 miles away, and I'm almost tempted to get in the car and go drive, (laughs) get my donut. I'm sure the line will be longer than the voting line. Yeah, probably. Probably. Uh, Tobin, so so Tobin, um, I actually posted, not Tobin, I found this 
somebody was sharing it online. This um, it was peach cobbler, and instead of the regular bread, or like the regular um, uh, cobbler, whatever dough you call or whatever, it, crust, yeah, yeah, crust. They use Krispy Kreme donuts, so it's Krispy <laughs> Kreme peach cobbler. And oh my gosh. Yeah, that is that is a diabetic oh, combo my right gosh. there. No kidding. That's like when you go to one of those restaurants and they say, "Yeah, we're going to make French toast." And what we did is we we sliced a cinnamon roll in half like a bagel, and uh, and then we fried both halves up, and we're going to serve it to you with powdered sugar and syrup. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you're going, uh, "Let me borrow this insulin pump, and I can do this." <laughs> Hold my beer. <laughs> yeah, cinnamon roll. French toast, only in America. So, ah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. And they're gonna deep fat fry the whole thing. Yepper. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. It sounds like the South, doesn't it? Well, yeah. we're gonna take this here uh, sweet roll and we're gonna slice it in half and dip it in egg batter, and then we're gonna fry her up and then dip her in some <laughs> more sugar and and then pour syrup over it, and you're gonna like it. And you go, yes, sir, I am, sir. That's very ominous. That sounds that sounds a little intimidating, there, Todd. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't the jolly joyous. I, I, I that turned a little darker than I anticipated as I was doing it. You know. So, but, you know, did, when y'all were in in North Carolina, because I know you went there recently, when y'all I were did. in North Carolina, did you go to that Carolina Crossing restaurant for for any food? Like, did you drive out? We talked about it. Didn't do it. Yeah, there's a little restaurant on the border between North and South Carolina, uh, between um, uh, Kings Mountain National Park and Cowpens National uh, Memorial that is just outstanding. And we as a family went and ate there, and I think that there was like 12 of us in the group. And I think yes. we, between the 12 of us, we, we had one of everything on the menu because they don't have a real deep menu. And it was um, delicious. It was so good. It was so good. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about it before, you know. I think Tobin found it on Yelp and it was like four stars on Yelp and so we just said, "Hey, we all we went to we were we went to Kings Mountain National Monument and walked through there and went, "Okay, cool. That was fun." And it was a Revolutionary War uh battlefield as was Cowpens and uh and you know, lots of monuments and beautiful walk through sort of the 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 hills and the trees and it was gorgeous and kind of a drizzly day and uh and so we wanted to get some hot food, so we pulled in there. And there was a bunch of people getting out of church that day too, and they came in, and I think they used to they're used to coming in and sitting at the probably the same seats they always sit at, and they stood in the doorway, and there's really no foyer. They just kind of stood in the door and gave us the stink eye. Yeah, you know, they, and everybody they, was. They were mad dogging us until we left. Yeah, and everybody was really friendly, but boy, they were just looking at us like, "Why are y'all taking all the tables?" Because <laughs> right. there was a bunch You're of us sitting in my spot. <laughs> yeah, so but it was so good. It was really good. Um, and I, I wouldn't have minded making a trip down there again, but we didn't. Maybe next time. We've got family there. We'll we'll be back. I've yeah. heard of one more person from this area who is moving to North Carolina. Um, so many people in the middle class are moving to so many different states: Tennessee, Carolina, uh-huh. uh, Texas, uh, Idaho, Montana. South Dakota, Nevada, Arizona. I mean, Leaving California. Yeah, they are. Yeah. 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 I've thought about it. 
I've talked to my wife about it. She's got a couple years before she retires, so we probably won't consider anything until that happens. But uh, um, I think, you know, she's got the only brother that she has lives in, in the area, and I can't see her saying goodbye to him. We see them regularly, like we see you guys regularly. And I just, I think it would be real hard to get her to leave. But, you know, maybe. We'll see. Time will tell. Maybe they'll have a big fight. We'll move, and then they'll make up, and all will be good. But we'll already be moved, and we won't move back. <laughs> or maybe they'll go with you. Yeah, maybe, maybe. You know, uh, um, you know, it's not hard to make the pitch for going somewhere where you get to keep your money. Um, you know, it's like, hey, yeah. now that we're all retired, why don't we just hang on to our money um, instead of using it to fund all kinds of wonderful things that the state wants to do? That you know, we may or may not care about so but at least we get to vote in propositions and tell the state what they have to do so that the politicians that we all vote for really don't have to do anything because they just dump it back onto the people oh wait a minute i don't like that never mind yeah that's not working well i feel like <laughs> yeah. dr phil how's that working for you yeah not so great dr phil not yeah. so great yeah yeah that's a great line isn't it how's that working yeah. for you <laughs> I like that line. I also like the the line um, from the president in the West Wing. What's next? Yeah. You know, okay, what's next for 2020? That's kind of how I feel about it. Like, well, what's next? I mean, you know, we we talk about the election and how things are going to go and the vehemence that's been built up on both sides and, and the possible, like, you know, societal meltdowns that we may be seeing here. And I have, you know, given 2020 thus far, I have absolutely no reason to think that this will go smoothly either way. <laughs> it's like whoever loses is not going to be congratulations on a win. They're going to be, you cheated. I hate you. This isn't right. I'm taking you to court. Um, That's right. You know, this You're was a robbery. Yeah. You, 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 uh, you know, you speak in tongues. You're horrible. You have horns hidden under your hair. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's just, you name it. The, 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 the demonizing will begin. Um and, you know, and not even necessarily, I mean, like, you know, I can see a lot of people, Trump doesn't hesitate to do that kind of stuff because that's, that's his game. You know, it's part of the New Yorker attitude and stuff. Biden probably won't come out and say things like that, but his supporters will, you know, just because he's more of a kind of a laid back gentlemanly kind of guy, a, a politician he's from not. a previous time. He's not. <laughs> I know that that's what he's putting out there, but yeah. he's really not that guy. Yeah, that's his I mean, right now. Yeah, that's that's certainly what he's trying to sell. Um, he has, you know, if you look at any of the over the years when he was in the Senate, when he was sitting on committees and and haranguing people, um, you know, that were uh, appointees and things like that, he he could be a, an attack dog. Certainly, everybody can be, but. Uh, there, yeah. There's video of him when he was running, um, when he and Obama were running against Mitt Romney, talking about how Romney, speaking to a black, largely black audience, telling telling them how Romney was going to put y'all back in chains. Wow. Mitt Romney, the most milquetoast guy who's ever run for <laughs> office anywhere. He's yeah. not going to put anybody back in chains. Yeah, no kidding. Mitt, Mitt Romney probably doesn't have any chains. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, no, you're right. Well, I mean, they're all politicians, so so they're they're, you know, 
they can all be attack dogs when they need to be. They, you know, not not a one of them is is a kinder, gentler, genuine person. You know, until they don't want our vote anymore. After the, after they're done with that, then they can be easier. You know, it's funny because even when, um, like, you know, it's this time around it's Obama, but you know, when former presidents like go out and, and stump for their vice presidents, it's always so half-hearted because <laughs> they're like. I'm kind of done with this, you know, I yeah. did my bit, you know, yeah, I vote for this guy. He was a good guy. He helped me. Okay. Am I done now? <laughs> Can I go home? <laughs> it's like, so I just want to go back to my ranch or my, to my, my living room. I want to go shoot hoops. You know, yes. the biggest smile I saw on Obama's yeah. face during this whole thing, cause he's been doing stumping for, 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 uh, Biden is when they showed him, you know, taking that shot at, in, in a gym taking a basketball shot and he just grinned because he made this three-point shot and he just walks out smiling you know it's like uh and, and you know he was smiling because he pulled his mask down to show you that he was smiling he was like ah <laughs> <laughs> he said something along the lines of that's how i roll you know and it was like yeah that 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 was probably the most fun he's had <laughs> you know when you come out of a job like that where it's nothing but stress 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 the entire time you're there i mean just look at the men who have taken that position thus far you know they all go in and they they look like you know well they don't all look virile and young because some of them were old and crotchety going in but they all come out looking much worse for the wear right i mean it's just it's 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 the job takes its toll it's a hard job it's stressful and uh and if you take it at all seriously it's it's hard to do but um uh once you're out almost to a man they all just seem to be like oh yeah okay (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go back in that meat grinder. Although maybe Obama does. I mean, he's still a young man. He's a heck of a lot younger than Biden. Yeah. You know, if he had yeah. an opportunity to go back, I think he would. I think he possibly would, too. You know, if uh, if the uh, if he wasn't term limited out and, you know, he might look to try to do something else in some other capacity. There are precedents for that. You know, there have been presidents who, who have come back and been... Um, uh, appointed to the Supreme Court, there have been presidents who've come back and and worked in the Senate, and so um, you know, I mean, he could decide he wants to do that. Um, but for the most part, most pr- people when they're done with the presidency just say, "Okay, I've had enough of this. Time yep. to put 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 my feet up and and watch the rest of you folk behave as I'm foolishly go as I did." Exactly. I'm going to focus <laughs> on my legacy and uh, enjoy my kids and grandkids and. Uh, yes. I'll join a couple of corporate boards and get a million dollars for meeting a couple of times yeah. a year. Yeah, as if I wasn't going to get money for the rest of my life for being an ex-president. You know, that's exactly. that's not that's not enough. I want to, I want to live a little higher on the hog. So exactly, I'll end up on a, you know, even when you don't win the presidency, you know, Al Gore is like on the board of Apple and in you know, and as well as a few other places. So a lot of those you know uh, former politicians, when they hang it up, that's especially at the national level, that's what they end up doing is they end up on boards somewhere. Yep. Um, that's so a gig that, I'd like to we get. We are completely out of time. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Back from the Brink. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you tomorrow. Oh, and don't forget to catch election returns on KCAA tonight. I think they start at 4. I think I'm starting at 6. I'll join the fray. That's and right. Have fun tonight. Pacific Have fun. time. Surrounded by people who disagree with you. Have a blast. Yes, I'll be the sole conservative voice. <laughs> All right. See you guys later. Bye-bye.
Thank you.